little is much when God is in it. Amen. Well, I'll tell you. I am glad that God can use folk like us. Now, I, 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 I'm, God is not looking for Caiaphas in this age. He's not looking for a bunch of dressed up, suave Pharisees, Sadducees. Uh, he just looked for plain folk like us to serve the Lord. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 for just a minute. And, and then I, I want to uh, just try to develop a message tonight. And I know that there are many folk. No, let me say, I know that all folk are struggling with situations. It's just that my situation may be a little bit different than yours. But nonetheless, we are all still struggling. Uh, You may be struggling with an occupation, a job, uh, an employer, uh, a customer. I don't know. Uh, You may be a student struggling with some academia. Uh, You may be a husband and wife. And if you are, you're struggling. Amen. You say, well, I've been married a hundred years and ain't had an argument. Well, your problem is you lie a lot. I bet if you was married to me, I could get you arguing in no time. I bet I could break you from sucking eggs. I could get you so mad. I'd take off on a coon hunt. Come back smelling like skunk, jump in bed with you. I guarantee we could cause an argument around the house. Right? I don't know what your struggle is, but you've got one. I don't know what's going on in your life. And some of us tonight may even feel like it's about time to throw in the towel. Nobody appreciates it. And nobody around. I'm just tired of swinging by myself. And all of a sudden you look in a mirror and you don't like what's looking back. It just seems like what's the use? Can I read for you just a few verses out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1? And we welcome all of you by way of live stream around the world and by radio. We're so glad you're listening and watching and I hope and pray you You're having a good time. Look, if you would, please, at verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'd like to ask you tonight. I'd like to ask you tonight. Is there anybody here tonight weak enough for God to use? Can, can I please pitch that out to you again? Is there anybody here tonight weak enough for God to use? We always think that God's looking for the spit and polish crowd. 
<laughs> Come on now. Uh, we always think God's looking for degrees. God can't use anybody until we get our degrees. I know some guys got more degrees than a thermometer, ain't got brains. God give a screwdriver. Is there anybody here tonight weak enough for God to use? Verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For you see your calling, brethren. How then not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Look back at verse 27, down about the middle of the verse. And God has chosen the weak things. Of the world. Wow. God has chosen the weak things of the world. This week, have you felt like you, you're kind of weak? When you're weak, you blame others many times for your weakness. Listen to me. There's nothing wrong with being weak. In fact, I would say probably most of us are weaker than we think. Let him thinketh that he stand, take heed. You know the rest of it? Lest he fall. It's always the proud, the arrogant, the I can do it crowd that's always getting in trouble. And not many times it's the weak, but it's many times it's a proud and the arrogant, the, the accomplished crowd that gets in trouble. You hear a lot about preachers in big churches that had gotten in trouble lately. You know what was their problem? They didn't realize that they were weak. 
You see, uh, some preachers counsel other men's wives with doors closed. Now that is a weakness. You'll never see me in the office with somebody else's wife. If you do, look over at my bathroom and you'll see my wife's nose sticking under the door looking in the, in the office. Because I know flesh. And I just wonder tonight, is there anybody here tonight that's been beating yourself up and beating everybody else up thinking you're the only weak person in this church. Somebody said, are you preaching to me? More than likely. Let me read for you. Second Corinthians now verse Chapter 12. And let me read for you just a minute. Verse 9 and verse 10. And I'm looking for somebody tonight that is weak enough for God to use. Now I'm not looking for the spit and polish crowd. And I'm not looking for the accomplished crowd. I, I, just, I just like to kind of find somebody that's base, uh, somebody that's weak, somebody that's struggling, somebody that's just having a hard time at it. I I just like to look for an ordinary sinner like me that God can use. See, that's what's good about this church. We don't disqualify folk because they've had hardships, difficulties, bad choices and been in the ditch a while. We don't disqualify folk like that. I think this ought to be a hospital for sick Christians. A place to put band-aids on not to shoot our wounded. A place to reach down and pick somebody up and not step on them when they get down. Actually, the only thing I'm doing tonight is just looking for somebody weak enough for God to use. Verse number nine. And the Bible says, and he said unto my grace is sufficient for thee. How many folk believe that? How many of you folk believe in super sufficient grace? I mean, sufficient grace for time of need. And my Bible said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in education, surrender, and dedication. I didn't hear any amens. My strength is made perfect after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is getting awful quiet. See, because I'm not going to give you an excuse not to serve God. 
I'm not giving you a way out. I'm not cutting a hole in the back door so you can say, well, that's not for me. I can't do it. Hey, look, my Bible says that God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. Is that what your Bible says? So then God is not looking for the elaborate, the, the sold out, the dedicated, uh, 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 the folks that got uh, uh, the certificates at Bible college. God is looking for somebody weak enough that he can use. Just somebody weak enough. Maybe a 10-year-old bus captain. Maybe a a 10-year-old bus captain that visits and building a bus route, keeping his own records, calling the shots on the bus, getting people saved. I think four were saved last week. Is that right, Jim? Four saved off the 10-year-old boy's bus route. He lets grandmother and granddaddy ride, but he don't have to because he's boss. The first time Jim drove the bus for him, he asked Jim, said, hey, you got CDL license? Are you qualified to drive this bus? Are you safe? God is looking for somebody that will quit copping out and get their lip off the floor and quit feeling sorry for themselves and realize that you are weak and that God wants to use you. Man, that's a great idea, I thought. I don't know about you. Do you know the definition of weak? Now, if you look in the dictionary for weak, I'm not talking about W-E-E-K. The Bible says that his strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities or weaknesses. Instead of using weakness for an excuse, use a weakness to open up to allow God to give you strength in your weakness. Strength in your weakness. Isn't that wonderful? I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress. For Christ's sake, now listen, for when I am weak, then am I strong. I'd just like to know tonight, is there anybody here weak enough for God to use? I don't know about you, but I discover brand new weaknesses every week. Huh. 
the older you get, the more weak you get. In the dictionary, under the definition of weak, it says lacking. Lacking in strength, physical, moral, or mental. I qualified for all three. (laughs) Lacking. Weak means you're just lacking. You can't do it. You can't get there from here. It won't work. Is there anybody here tonight just feel like you can't get there from here? That you're lacking in joy? You say, well, I'm happy. You need to tell your face. It ain't got the message. Now, right now, some of you folks are saying, preacher, you're preaching to me. Well, why did you come? To be entertained? To listen to me to chew, brother, pick it out? But pick it. This is just for you. I'm preaching just for you tonight. You weak booger, I'm preaching to you tonight. And if you get enough, just throw it over on Woody and he can splash it back on Ms. Brown. But I don't want to preach to anybody else in here because somebody might get offended because I'm preaching to you. What a silly thing to think. Sure, I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to Ginger, but she won't apply it. She'll probably apply it to me when I get home tonight and I will be treetop tall on this sermon next week, right? Weak. Lacking. And enthusiasm. Lacking in strength. Lacking. Do you know anybody who's having trouble coping with what's going on about them? Some folks, some folks just eat up with our president and the policies in Washington. And I can understand why. I mean, some folks actually lose sleep. That he's going to get elected again. They come to me and say, what are we going to do? I said, I ain't going to do nothing. I'm just going to vote right and trust God. But I am going to vote. And you say, how are you going to vote? Just the way you think I'm going to vote. (laughs) Amen. Because I believe in America we are lacking We're lacking in leadership. We're lacking in foreign policy. We're not lacking in practice on the golf course. And we're not lacking in vacation time. We're just lacking in leadership. And I say to you tonight that maybe we could just discuss a little bit all of our weaknesses. And if you look, God did not choose us Because of our strength. Now you look at me tonight. And after 46 years of serving the Lord. 
I, I, I would hope and pray that there would be an exhibition of a little strength and a little uh, a slight idea about where I'm going to go and how I'm going to accomplish that for the will of God. I, I, hope, I hope there's a little bit there. But I want you to know, God did not choose me 46 years ago to preach the gospel because I was slick, suave, and polished. My first sermon. I spent all day studying for a two-minute dissertation. Gave an invitation. Folk got saved. I was certainly surprised about that because I was trying to get saved while I was preaching it. Learned to preach in rescue missions and on the street in jailhouses. The only place that let me preach is rescue missions. And every Saturday night, I'd go to the rescue mission, sit on the front row and pray that every who's supposed to preach have an accident so he couldn't show up. So that I get to preach. A lot of times I didn't even have a message. They'd say, Brother Gene, you're going to preach tonight? I'd just grab a track and preach that track. Folk get saved, man. I just preach somebody's track. They say, that's a wonderful message. I think that's original, I'd say. God gave it to me. God does not call people because of your expertise, your talents, and your abilities. God is just looking for somebody weak enough that they need God in their life. Just somebody that's come to the end of the rope and he's tied a knot and he's hanging on. Just you and God. God's looking for somebody just weak enough to serve him. Now, I want you to know tonight, there's two things I think I've done in the past 40 some years. You say, is this your testimony? Yes, it is. Number one, years ago, I decided to be honest with myself and to admit I had weaknesses. And where those weaknesses lie, I decided a long time ago to give no avenue by which anybody could take advantage of those weaknesses in my life. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3 and verse 34, God giveth grace to the lowly. Step one, you and I must admit that we've got weaknesses. And God uses weak people. God uses a Moses who does not have the diction and does not have the tongue and does not have the gift of gab and is slow to speak. But God used Moses to do a great work for God. God did not use David's big brothers, although they were huge and and giants, if you please, in warfare. God used a David who was just a little shepherd boy. God uses weak people. Look at Brian Cone. Me and Jim and a bunch of other folks tonight. God uses weak folks. And the big mistake you and I make is to think that we are absolutely 
Uh, We are armored and we have no problem and any sin is not capable of entering our life. That's the biggest mistake anybody's ever made. If I have trouble with the lust of the eyes, I cannot open the door to anything because if that is a weakness, I must protect that and set no evil thing before my eyes. If I have a trouble with eating, I don't need to go to a buffet. Amen, preacher. If I have trouble with spontaneous buying and spending, I don't need to carry credit cards in my wallet that has a balance on them. If I have trouble in any area, I must set a guard, set a watch. And the reason folk get in trouble is they will not admit that they have a weakness. If I have trouble with smoking, I need to take some gum and chew it right after I get through eating. You say, why? If you don't know, you don't need to know. And if you have that problem, quit eating. (laughs) Anybody got any weaknesses? The first step you must do and I must do is to admit we've got weaknesses. If you have a temper, one good way to rid that is to blow your temper around a bouncer down at the bar. Now, I'll let you go to the bar just so you can get healed of your temper. And uh, I'll get you out of jail because I know a good lawyer. And then he will prosecute you for being in jail. But it's not all good, you know. But but if you have trouble with your temper, you can always get that fixed. Just blow it in front of somebody that's so junkyard mean. He's going to make you eat about five yards of concrete every time you blow your temper. And it won't be long till you'll be just as humble. (laughs) You have a trouble with temper? You have a trouble with what you say when you blow your temper? You say you're preaching to me. No, I'm just looking for somebody weak enough to realize that they are weak. And if you're weak in those areas, God still loves you. And God wants to use you. And God's willing to use you. I'm glad that Ginger didn't kick me out first time she admitted, saw a weakness in me. Or maybe she hadn't found one. (laughs) No. 
God loves me with my weaknesses. And Ginger loves me with my weaknesses. God's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. You just need to admit tonight, God ain't looking for no superhero spiritual Christians. God says, I chose the base and the weak. Huh? Because when God does something with somebody like that, he gets all the glory. Isn't that nice? Now, folk drive by our church. And you know, I'm not spiritually qualified to pastor a church. I'm just not. Now, friends of mine drive by our church and spit in this direction. (laughs) Because I'm not scriptural the pastor of this church. What God is doing is God is using a very weak, unscriptural sinner to pastor this church. Isn't that terrible? And so those guys who are qualified will drive by here and spit and go preach to their three next Sunday. You're welcome. We just need to realize Ain't none of us perfect. And we all got junk in the backyard nobody knows anything about. All except me and Brother Jim. (laughs) Me and Big Jim has no pad. Is anybody here not just willing to admit that you got weaknesses? I don't know what it is, but I'll bet you somewhere in your life there is something you're having trouble with. And if you want to live for God, there's something you've got to get rid of and something you've got to to get out of your life. But I'll bet you tonight, every one of us in this place has some weaknesses because the Bible says that we do. Now, second thing, and I know you're not going to like this. The second thing I learned to do a long time ago is I learned to give thanks to God for my weaknesses. Well, I pray to you, you're you're dumb. I know, but I look like I'm having more fun than you are. Because I at least can smile. How long has it been since you thank God for your weaknesses instead of complaining about it and blaming somebody else for your weakness. You see now, tonight, if I wanted to use my psychology, and I have all kinds of psychology, I've got so many degrees in there, looks like I'm a thermometer. Now, if I wanted to tonight, I could lay on this, this, this examination couch here, and I could probably, I'll do it with Jim, but I'm afraid he'd confess a lot of stuff we can't get rid of tonight. <laughs> And I could ask you about your home life. I could probably ask you, well, who, who handled the money in your, in your family, your mom and dad, your mom or dad? And I could probably ask you about your siblings and your kids and your brothers and sisters and, 
and just in what in what uh, fashion were you there? Were you the first child, the second child, third child, sixth child, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth? Now I know what's wrong with you. Thirteen kids, you're starved to death. I could begin to talk to you about a little behavior modification. Hmm? What we do, Jim, we just change the atmosphere. And if we can change the atmosphere where you live, the atmosphere will change you. If we got enough uppers and downers to keep you straightened out until we get the atmosphere straightened out. And I, I can probably find out why you walk around kicking cats all the time. Because your daddy probably kicked a cat one time. And you want to be like daddy, so you just kick all the cats you can find. It's not very healthy for cats, but it's healthy for you. <laughs> I could probably find out how your daddy treated your mama. I could probably find out why your daddy treated your mama that way. And then I could start diagnosing why you act like you act. And then we could find an excuse for us being like we are. Because then it won't be our fault. It's our mom and daddy's fault. Or an uncle or an aunt. Or a dog that bit you when you were a kid. Or maybe somebody hit you with a bicycle when you were a kid. Now you hate bicycles. But that's not your problem. That's not my problem. My problem is that I'm a sinner. And sinners have weaknesses. And nobody's perfect. And if you're not perfect, that means there's holes in your character. And there's holes in your personality. And there's deficiencies someplace that only Christ can fill. You understand that? Now, if you want to come to my office and you'll pay me a dollar and a half a minute, I will tell you what's wrong with you. Now, the difference of me than a psychologist is I can tell you how to fix it. He can tell you what's wrong with you. Or she can tell you what's wrong with you. I can tell you what's wrong with you. But I can tell you how to fix it. But there ain't no easy fix. God wants to use you. God wants to change you. God wants you to realize that you can't do this by yourself. Weak people are lacking. You lack the ability to change. At least some of you say amen. Because I, I guarantee I'm in a hole right now. Yes, yes. You're lacking the ability to be what God wants you to be. But thank God, if you're weak, that's what he's looking for. Somebody that is weak enough for God to fix. Is there anybody here tonight... Weak enough for God to use. I just admitted a long time ago that I was weak. 
I do not take any chances in the areas that I know I'm weak in. You want to know what areas they are? Forget it. Just don't sweat it. Me and the Lord will take care of it. When Ginger and I got married, there was only one stipulation. She's sitting right back there. How long have we been married, honey? 100 years. Huh? 30 years. Wow. How do I look after 30 years? Huh? Does this do something for you? Okay. <laughs> Billy. Don't you do that, Billy. Mary will slap you right in front of God and everybody. <laughs> You're welcome. I even forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Give me this now. Are you weak enough? For God to use. Because God. Chose the weak things. Of the world. To confound the mighty. Paul said. I'm not glorying. In my education. Although Paul was probably the most educated man. Of the Bible. Paul said. I am not glorying. In my soul winning ability. Although Paul was probably the greatest soul winner of all time. Paul said I'm not glorying in my biblical expertise. In my biblical knowledge. Because he was probably the greatest theologian of all time. He said I'm not glorying about what God has used me to do. Although I have turned the world upside down for Christ. I'm not glorying in that. I am glorying in my weakness. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest on him. Isn't that wonderful? Get out of the dumps. Shake the discouragement out of your life. Realize and you're sitting among a bunch of folk that is struggling just like you. Only with different things. And look God straight in the eye and say, I know I'm weak. And I thank you, dear God, that I am weak. Because that's when you get the glory. Amen. Man, that's good, ain't it? Huh? Better than snuff, ain't it? It's dusty. Now let me give you... Three or four reasons why I'm glad I'm just ordinary and weak. See now, what, what advantage is having an old man for a pastor? More than likely, he's already gone through the barnyard where you're stuck right now. <laughs> Don't walk in my office and tell me, you don't know how I feel. Now, you might tell some young whippersnapper, you don't know how I feel. But don't walk in my office and tell me, you don't know how I feel. 
You don't know what I'm going through. You've never been lonely. You've never been lied to. You've never been rejected. You've never been turned out. You've never just been left for nothing. Don't, don't walk in my office and tell me that. One advantage of having an old man for a little while. Because he's been around the barn two or three times now. You heard about the guy. Was milking a cow. Cow was kind of wild. Every time he sat down on the stool, began to squeeze on those uh, faucets. The old cow would take that tail, slap him upside the head. She's been dragging that tail and whatever been around the barnyard all night long in the ice and snow and whatever else in the barnyard. Got this bright idea. Yes, sir. He tied that cow's leg, cow's tail to his leg. Three trips around the barn. He decided he ought not have done that. (laughs) See, I've been around the barn. I know how you feel. I really do. That's why I learned to thank God for my weaknesses. Because that's when he's strong. I don't have your attention. I, I see most of you asleep. The one thing that my weaknesses do, it prevents pride in my life. Huh? It prevents pride in my life. Verse 7 and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation there was given me a thorn in the flesh. There's one good thing about it. Years ago when I was singing in evangelism and preaching so much in evangelism the, the ladies, some of them would come to me and say, Preacher, I I listened to your record this afternoon, and, and it is just wonderful. You know what I did? I went back to the house and listened to the record, and I realized what a big liar she was. <laughs> or somebody would say, Preacher, that's a great sermon. Man, it was wonderful straight from the throne of God. I'd just go listen to the sermon, though they were lying. When you realize you're weak, it prevents pride in your life. That way it won't be everybody else's fault where you are. You might have to admit that you had something to do with it too. Ain't this good? I said, isn't this good? You know, I guess, you know, I guess, and I want to be honest, I guess I could be proud of What's all accomplished here in 27 years, I suppose. You know, I guess me and James could look back after 27 years and sitting on the porch there where we started the church 27 years ago with just a handful of folk there in my front yard on a Wednesday night. And I guess it would be kind of easy to 
get proud and arrogant because we own the best property in town. I'd like to tell you that God has led in that. He hadn't. It was for sale. We bought it. (laughs) That's all there is to it. I'd like to tell you, I went down there one night and claimed it for God. Got out in the middle of all this property and began to ask God to give it to me. I wish I could say that, but I didn't. It just came for sale and I bought it. And I guess maybe we could get proud and arrogant about what all had been accomplished. But I think that'd be the most foolish thing in the world to try to take glory from God. When he could use Balaam's jackass to do the same thing. (laughs) If you read that story, Balaam's donkey was a pretty good preacher. He did get Balaam's attention, did he not? And the rooster had quite a message for old Peter. I just think maybe I fall into the category of those two. Some of them were in between. And that way God can get all the glory. Are you listening to me now? See, when you realize you got weaknesses, uh, it just does away with pride. Secondly, it assures us of God's grace and help when you realize how desperately you need it. Hmm? Yeah. It assures us of God's grace and help. God assured Paul about his grace in verse 9 and 10. The greater the witness, the greater the weakness now, the greater the grace. Now get that. The greater the weakness, the greater the grace. Because God said it was sufficient grace. Huh? If you're such a hot dog, you don't need God's grace. I mean, if you got it in the short rows, you don't need any help. If you can hang a sign on your head, I can handle this job all by myself, you know what God will do? He'll let you. If you tell God I can raise these kids without your help, God will say, have at it. You better remember that B times. You better remember the rod. You better remember God's leadership in your life. And I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, the weaker I am, the greater God's grace. Isn't that something? Well, I, I, I just can't do it. No, you can't, but God can. You, you don't understand. No, I don't have to understand. God knows. Amen. You can let God fix it. So thirdly, I'm weak. I'm glad I'm weak. I thank God I'm weak because it prevents pride. And it assures us God's grace. And it helps us to minister to others. Huh? From all over this country. I get phone calls. How can God use you? Knowing what you've done and knowing what you've been through and knowing your history, how can God use you to build that church? How in the world can that happen? I've just had a trauma in my life and, and it looks like everything's gone and it's, 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 it's history. And somebody told me to call you, Brother Wolfenbarger. 
Is my ministry over? Do I have to stand by the wayside now? Am I a second-rate Christian? Does the Bible say I can preach or do I have to quit and just serve with somebody else? You see, your weakness and you admitting your weakness and God giving you strength in your weakness will help you minister to somebody else who's going through the same thing you're going through. If you want to let God do something in your life. Now, if you want to wallow around in your self-pity. Dig yourself a hole in the hog pen of this world. Trying to get everybody to feel sorry for you. All because God has got you where you are. That he might be strong in your life. Fourthly, it helps us respect. And value other people. When you realize you're no better than they are. In fact, probably not as good as they are. Amen. Huh? Go back to the lowest time in your life. I mean the very lowest time. I know some of you never had a low time in your life. But go back to the lowest time in your life. When you could sit on the curb... And wag both feet. Neither one of them touch the street. Go back to the lowest time in your life. And if you were God. Would you use you? Then why are you so hard on everybody else? Why are you so judgmental? And so critical of somebody. Who the devil is wounded. You ought to show up at band-aids. Not criticism. Amen. There's been a time in my life. I'd give anything if a Christian just showed up with a band-aid. I'd rather have a band-aid as a dollar. Just somebody say hey. Hang in there Gene. It's not over. You're not young. And you're ugly. But man, take another run at it. Anybody here tonight? Willing to be a blessing to somebody else? And realize that you're probably not as strong as you think you are. But if you'd admit you're weak. And thank God for your weakness. It might keep you from being proud and arrogant. It might help you to minister to somebody else who's having that same problem. Amen. Amen. I'll just tell you the last one because I already know who's going to win the football game. See, Dallas was weak. And when they were weak, they played somebody else weaker. Is anybody here tonight? Now this is just this is just home folk. Now, this is just supper time. And this is the spiritual father talking to God's kids. And I like for you to realize, weak or what, 
You're special to God. Now you really are. You're special to God. And God is trying to do something in each of our lives. But he'll only work in the weak parts and areas of our life. He don't have to work in the other areas. We can take care of that. It's just when we are weak, that's when he is strong. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't God a wonderful God? And lastly, when I was in seminary, probably they had voted, I would have been the one most unlikely to succeed. I made better grades in Greek than I made in English. And I learned more English and grammar in Greek than I learned in English. Every college that I've entered in, I've taken dumbbell English. Oh, that's English 21 or 101 or again and again and again and again. I don't like English. You might like English. I don't like English. And when I started the Bible college, they didn't know, but I had gone to school for two years for engine technology. And I have a degree in gas and diesel engine technology. What that means is you can work on a engine without getting your hands dirty. They teach you how to put gloves on. (laughs) Two years it took them to teach me to put gloves on. When I started to Arlington Baptist College, which was the old Bible Baptist Seminary, and I give them my transcript, I had several hours of ENG. I had like 60 some hours in ENG. <laughs> you don't have to take dumbbell English, Gene, with that much English, with that much English. I had to be honest. I said I better take the test. <laughs> that is engines, not English. <laughs> I should have slid, honest. I didn't learn anything in English 101, 202, or 303. Now listen to me. Listen to me now while I close. I, I, did, I wasn't, and this surprised you probably, I wasn't valedictorian of our class. It might surprise you, I wasn't salutatorian in our class. Now although I did hire the valedictorian of my class to work for me as associate pastor, then I fired the deadbeat because he couldn't go so winning. But I would have been the most unlikely to succeed in the ministry. So therefore, if there's any success, it's all because of God. And not me. Is there anybody here tonight? And if you're ever anything for God, 
It'll be because of him. And not because of you. And I just wondered tonight, is there anybody here tonight weak enough for God to use?